We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. I welcome in to, I don't know, uh, a pretty exciting edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. This is our uh, game plan edition. We took last week off almost accidentally, so that's my bad, Toby Rowland. But I, I guess then I can blame myself because if we just would have grinded through it, maybe you didn't get... COVID? I don't know. I feel awful about this, man. <laughs> I think most of Sooner Nation wants to know the most important question. How are you feeling? How are you doing after the COVID-19 diagnosis this past weekend? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It knocked me on my backside for a couple of days, and uh, I would not say I'm 100% yet, but I'm feeling significantly better. And um, more than anything, I just uh, – I hate it that I can't be with you guys and with the team down in uh, the Cotton Bowl on Wednesday night. Um, uh, you know, you you know how much we love to get to call these games and especially these special games at the end of the year, kind of what we live for. So it stinks, but I'm really excited for you and I'm excited to to listen to you guys call the game on Wednesday and watch a game on television for the first time in a long time. Uh, I will say the most intriguing thing that I saw proposed was someone that said we need to put a camera in Toby's home studio so we could watch him have to watch the game. <laughs> I mean, have you kind of thought about what the plan's going to be? I mean, obviously, we want to make sure you're staying healthy, so that's most important, right? But is yeah. there going to be snacks? Is there going to be – are you going to allow yourself a couple of extra Dr. Peppers? How, how's it going? What, what's the plan? Yeah, I you know that's a good question. Uh, either I will definitely have snacks and diet Dr. Peppers <laughs> for sure. You know I'm going to be a part of the pregame and postgame, and so I'm not going to be too far. I'm probably going to be keeping a drive chart as the game goes, just because I don't know how else to watch a game other than to kind of keep notes as we go, so we can talk about it in the postgame. 
So, and I'm going to be listening to you guys. So we always preach to people how they can sync their game at home. I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to have you and Teddy sync to the TV broadcast and, uh, and watching it. And I'm sure I, I, I honestly, I think it's going to be kind of miserable. Um, I will, I will be excited about the game, but not being able to be with you guys and to be a part of the broadcast is, uh, is going to be tough, so I'll probably be pulling my hair out a little bit. I will say I got the spotter board, so for those that don't realize how dedicated Toby is, even while battling battling through COVID, you still hooked me up with the greatest way to make sure I know who everyone is, which, <laughs> dude, just, just looking at the spotter boards as I sit here right now as we tape this on Tuesday afternoon, that's a, that's a lot of work, so I'm very grateful to you for that. Well, uh, no problem. Like I said, since um... – well, four days ago now, I have been locked in this office and need something to do. <laughs> and so uh, putting those together uh, helped pass the time. It was um, it was very odd to uh, to zip them up and hand them off to somebody else. I did feel like we made a little bit of a drug transaction, perhaps. <laughs> we had a child involved. <laughs> <laughs> you, you brought me a duffel bag, and I handed over <laughs> you the spotter boards, and it, it felt illegal, even though I don't think it was. But, uh, nah, you're, you're going to do great. I can't wait to listen, and I can't wait to watch the Sooners bring this thing home. All right, well, let's, let's lay out a couple of things just here techni- technically-wise, because I know mm-hmm. for those that don't get a chance to listen to us on our daily shows – Toby, I don't think you mind sharing, but you kind of started feeling bad on Christmas morning and you just thought, I don't want to risk getting anyone else sick. Is that kind of how this played out for you? Yeah, it was it was Christmas Eve, really. Um, My son and I, my son Peyton wasn't feeling well and and I was pretty lethargic, too. And we kind of compared notes. And and uh, anyway, that that night was miserable. And the next day on Christmas Day, we were feeling miserable. So uh, Doc Schnabel uh, worked out a way for us to get tested on Christmas day, which, uh, was interesting. That's the most 2020 thing ever is to drive to get a COVID test on, uh, Christmas day. And we found out when we got there that it was the kind that they stick in the, in the back of your skull. I didn't know that till we got there, which I, I think you've been through that, right? I I can't remember if you've been through that. Oh, oh, I have not. I'll just tell you right now. If I, Gabe had to go through that, Gabe did. Yeah. I did not. If I ever have to go through that, it's probably not going to end well for me. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm just telling you for, for a little background information because our swabs are the antigen tests that they do, and it's very it gets in your nose, but it's not real deep. But I tear up every single time, so I can't yeah. even imagine what you had to go through with that. Yeah, it's not fun. I'll just say that it's not fun. <laughs> I sat there, I sat there for a couple minutes or or five or ten afterwards because my eyes were watering so bad I couldn't drive the car to leave. So uh, I'm calling it eyes watering. I was not crying. <laughs> I was, my eyes were watering. But anyway, uh, uh, my test came back positive, and, and fortunately my son's came back negative, and he's, he's gotten uh, much better since then, and the rest of the family has uh, been able to stay negative too. So, um, yeah, I had, had uh, symptoms for mild symptoms, fever, um, uh chills achiness that kind of stuff for about 48 hours and and more than anything just kind of a lingering headache now for five or six days that uh, makes me want to sleep all the time so I, who knows what's a part of it and what's not but um i'm doing better good and i'm i think a, a sooner victory is really all i need to kind of push me over the top 
get us 100% again. And, and knowing that you're doing better and that you're healthy, we can then segue to kind of the process. You And, I, and by the way, I, I got to say, the outpouring on social media has been so awesome to see, and I hope you realize how much that – uh, that you being a part of this means to Sooner fans because I was I was in awe of of seeing the love for the job that you do. It's really cool, man. But with that in mind, we explored just about every option from you calling from your living room uh, if if you were feeling well enough to to getting you a, a special super secret feed to somehow make sure you could still <laughs> call it. But I, I think in the end, what just kind of decided it might be a little bit too complicated from from the timing of it and everything. Uh, well, listen, the number one option has always been since the day you and I started working together is if, if something happens to me, you're, you're move up to the booth I appreciate and that. we've, we've always kind of, uh, worked under the impression that that could be, you know, you lose your voice in the middle of a game or whatever. And those things happen or you get sick the night before this is, um, this is a rare situation where we've had at least a few days here to kind of plan. So I think the, the first option was always, let's just have Chris do it because that's all, what we've always said we were going to do. But because we had a few days, we just threw out, all right, what, what are the actual possibilities of, you know, maybe me calling this thing remotely. And it was quickly realized that one, I don't know that I can do it. Like, I, you know, Chris, I'm exhausted after a game right. when I'm at full strength, it, it, and much less this. So I don't know from a health perspective if it's smart. And two, there was going to be a delay between uh, my office and you guys in Arlington, and it was going to make it a little difficult, not a big delay, but enough of a delay that it was going to throw off the rhythm of our broadcast. And, and it was just not worth it. It's just – not especially when we got somebody of your talent and your skill level right there who's able to do it and willing and and that's what we should do. So it was very quickly decided that that was the right path to go and I'll be um I'll be a part of the pregame and the postgame and might do a stat segment at halftime or something but try to stay out of your way and uh let you get at, you and Teddy get after it there in the booth and then uh, Gabe's going to be on the sidelines and Jessica Cootie, uh, who everybody knows well, Sooner fans know well, is going to slide in and help us out down on the sidelines as well. And like I've told you before, I am fully anticipating uh, falling in line with Wally Pip as right. I don't historic, think... yeah, <laughs> historic no. sports figures who have lost their jobs. <laughs> that that so, ain't happening. But uh, I, I will say it is – I've joked about this, and it is – it's kind of funny. I don't know how many people will just listen to the pre- and the post-game – but if that's all you do, you won't notice a difference, right? Because you'll be <laughs> we'll basically be handling things so. very similar in the pre and the post game show if all connections go well with starting lineups and uh, obviously the the scene setter is ready to go. So in uh, in the post game coverage as well too. Now obviously we have some ice to dot and T's to cross whenever it comes to the the post game show with some of the rules Cotton Bowl has, but we'll, we'll hash those out. But yeah, I mean, I'm just pumped that you're healthy enough to where we're able to at least get you rolling here to help us out a little bit on, on Wednesday night. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. We're going to have a good broadcast, and um, and we've got um, a great team, not just the guys everybody knows on the air, but uh, our engineers off the air, too, and Drake Dykin and, and Michael Dean, and uh, Stats Kelly is going to be right there to your left uh, throughout the broadcast, pumping you full of numbers and 
and statistics and probably talking in your ear when you wish you wouldn't. Yeah, I might have to give him a Xanax before the game is kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's going to go well. And I just wanted to circle back to, to something you said earlier. I didn't mean to ignore that, but um, it has really been uh, so incredibly nice how – how thoughtful everybody has been, not just through this, because this is, I'm fine. There's a lot of people who this has hit a lot harder than me. I've just got a little, basically in a, 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 a cold on steroids, basically is what it feels like, but I'm fine. But even back to like the back surgery earlier this year and uh, sooner fans have, have been uh, filled my inbox with prayers and thoughtfulness. And I think sometimes Chris, you know, this, you get into uh, preparation for a game and you do a broadcast and pregame shows and postgame shows and you it gets to feeling like you're just broadcasting to the other guys on your crew a little bit. You know, you you know people are out there listening, but you don't really have a full grasp of how many and you don't really have a full grasp of, you know, how, how big of a deal it is to people, uh, how, how big of a deal this Sooner Radio broadcast is because of Bob Barry and John Brooks and Kurt Gowdy and all the guys through the years that have made listening to Sooner football a uh, big part of people's lives. They grow up doing it. And it's been really reinforced to me this year through all this, uh, how many people care, you know, not just listen to the games, but um, that are really nice people out there, Sooner fans that really care about your well-being and makes you really happy you do what you do. Well, we're going to hear uh, from Bill Biedenboe, DeMarco Murray, Alex Grinch, and a little Ronnie Perkins plus Calvin Thibodeau before we get out of here. Uh, but wow. knowing that, yeah, I know, right? It's kind of a loaded show. Jessica and her practice report's really helping us out here. So before we go and before we let you get some rest, a lot of opt-outs for Florida, mm-hmm. a lot of opt-out for Florida. But I'm still I'm excited. I think this is a fun matchup to see the Oklahoma defense challenged uh, like this with Kyle Trask. And a great opportunity to make a statement for both sides, all three phases of the game for Oklahoma here tomorrow. Yeah, it's a, I, I think you hit on the key word there. This is a tremendous opportunity game for this football program. And I, in so many ways, this season has mirrored 2016 in the way that it started one and two, the way they got their act together and finished so strong. Then they face an SEC team now in a New Year's Six Bowl and and in 2016, they beat Auburn and then launched the Lincoln-Riley era from there and, and took it to a college football playoff appearance the next year and, and, uh, and you know, uh, had a, a great opportunity. And I think that's kind of what this could be for this team. They are taking a tremendous amount of momentum into this game. A young quarterback that has um, found himself and found his confidence and his leadership and maybe most importantly, a defense that through the course of this year has become confident and self-assured and has swagger like we're used to seeing OU defenses. And if they can go out and play well again against a caliber foe like this and win on Wednesday night, then I think this offseason just becomes, yeah, it's a launching point for them to maybe be a top two, three, four team going into next year and, and really make a solid run at at an eighth national championship. All right, glad you're healthy. When's the uh, when's the calendar say Toby's back? What's the date we have circled right now? Is Baylor game? Jan- January f- uh, 4th nice. is when I'm out of COVID jail. 
if I'm feeling well. And that means uh, my first game back will be the, uh, yeah, the number one team in the nation, <laughs> Baylor on January 6th. Beautiful. Can't wait, man. Uh, appreciate everything you've done. Sooner Nation's been awesome in their support. Toby, glad you're healthy, and thanks hey, for everything, man. Have a great call, Chris. I can't wait to hear you. Thanks, man. I'll do my best. All right, so we mentioned that Jessica Cootie has been kind enough to get ready for us with assistant coaches. So we'll hear from Alex Grinch. We'll hear from Calvin Thibodeau. We'll have, hear from Bill Biedenboe, but let's kick things off as we get set for the Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma and Florida. Jessica goes one-on-one with DeMarco Murray. All right, well, we welcome in first-year running backs coach DeMarco Murray, fresh off the first Big 12 title for you as a coach. How did that one feel, Ben? You've won a couple as a player here, but to win your first one as a coach. Uh, yeah, won four as a player here, so it, it felt pretty pretty dang good, you know, to, to win my first one as a coach here. And obviously this, it's been an unforgettable year with the pandemic and um, you know, all the activism things that we've, we've been um, accounting to do. So it, it's been great. You know, it was great. You know, it's kind of short-lived, you know, so now we got to move on to the Cotton Bowl and get ready for the Gators. Yeah, for you personally, you see the matchup with Florida. What was your reaction to that, being that you have some history with Florida? Yeah, um, my first reaction was, can I suit up and play? <laughs> uh, that was my first one. Uh, second one was, hopefully we can get this one um, done. You know, obviously we – Missed the game in um, 2008. You know, it was a big game, one of probably the biggest in my career um, that I've ever had, and obviously didn't get a chance to play. But, you know, things happen. You know, it's all part of God's plan. But fortunate that, you know, obviously this time around, I'm, I won't miss this one. So we'll see. This offense got a huge boost when Ramondre Stevenson returned back to the field. Why was that? Why did he provide such a spark? Um, just the kind of runner he is, you know, we, we want to be a physical offense and he definitely sets the tone in the run game, being a physical back, always falling forward. Um, and, and just the versatility at the position that we're missing, you know, we're, we're missing the big runs, the explosive runs, the 10, 12, 15 yard runs that, you know, we didn't have that prior to his suspension. So, um, you know, getting him back was really good for this offense, good for my room and just all around for the guys. In a matchup like this, and you talk about, you know, a lot of people want to talk about the SEC defenses and whatnot, you know, what do your guys need to do in a, in a game like this, in a, an opponent like this? Um, you know, it's important to be able to run the ball well, right? It is. It's always important to run the ball, obviously control the line of scrimmage on both, both fronts. Um, but for us, we, we got to execute our game plan. You know, when we um, execute our game plan and we play with our tempo, um, we're one of the best offenses in the league. And, and I think our guys know that. So we got to just get back to going, playing at our tempo, playing at our pace and um, continue to take care of the ball. I think that's been a positive um, over the last couple of games. But taking care of the ball is obviously more important than anything. But Run the ball and control the trenches up front. You got to be able to win, do those two things to win the game. A lot of people had counted out this team to, you know, finish out the season the way you did with the Big 12 title, and here you are in another one of the biggest bowl games uh, that you can play in. What is it about this team, this program, Oklahoma, that you continue to find ways to be in the position that you're at? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just resiliency. Um, you know, we've all been faced with a lot of challenges this year, and um, from top to bottom, you know, obviously it starts with, with Lincoln and, and um, you know, Josie, you know, they put a great game plan together to attack, you know, this, this pandemic for us to be safe, make sure our kids are safe, our families are safe. So it all started with that, just getting together. And, and, and um, I think us as a staff, we followed their lead. So um, I think this is a resilient, resilient um, group and, um, you know, we work our tails off and, and they deserve it. So 
um, extremely competitive, and, and we fight to the end. So this is a, a program that's obviously known for Big 12 championships and, and finishing. So we got one more game to go, and hopefully we can you know get that done. You talk about that one more game. You know you've been a part of teams that you know played in the final game, and what does that do? How does that set the tone for an off season for a team going into what you start preparing for next season? It's huge um, because obviously some young guys aren't playing, so they're not a part of that. So just having that momentum, obviously, in the offseason and working hard and grinding for those moments, you know, a lot of the young kids get to obviously be around the atmosphere and, you know, they're going to work hard to be in that same situation, if not better, um, position, you know, for the following year. So obviously the momentum goes into and it carries into the offseason with your workouts and things of that nature. But um, I just think it's important for the young guys to kind of see that stage in that environment. Obviously a potential big game for Ramondre Stevenson. Sooners really need to get him going. Their, their running game has been much better uh, since the return of Ramondre Stevenson. But I think everyone agrees the last few weeks they kind of struggled to get it at that level where they want it. So good stuff with Jess. DeMarco Murray. Meanwhile, sticking with talking about the offense, Sooner offensive line coach Bill Beatonbow. How about this? I mean, I still think this is one of the more fascinating stories in the Big 12 championship game that hasn't been talked about enough. But, you know, Bill Beatonbow in the fourth quarter of a championship game changes up his rotation going with a true freshman at left tackle um, and then a, what, a, a, a transfer who just became eligible midway through the season at right guard. So, obviously, it'll be Interesting to follow who's in on that offensive line, but Coach Beatonbow will have his guys ready. And we welcome in offensive line coach Bill Beatonbow. Coach, you've been a part of the six straight Big 12 titles. Not an easy task to do, but how special was this one given everything you've had to overcome over the last year? No, no doubt. I mean, I think they're all special. Um, never gets old. It is tough. I don't care how good you are, who you're playing. I mean, it, it's a grind. And then this year, you know, just not having spring ball. And then we brought our guys back later. I think, you know, the end of June started in July. Um, they hadn't been able to go home at all. So it's been tough, but it's been rewarding. We just met today and, you know, told them how proud I am of them because it wasn't easy. I mean, it was hard. In a regular year where you didn't go with all, through all these COVID protocols and all those things, it's, it's still going to be tough and challenging. But this year, probably the most challenging, but, uh, you know, the guys did a good job. And then, you know, how we started out the year, didn't start the year great. And then, you know, just shows the character and toughness of this team to, you know, be able to battle back and stay with it and keep fighting, and grind, and then find a way to win another one. Four different quarterback uh, under Coach Riley and that you guys have been blocking for. How have you seen Coach Riley continue to tailor the offense to each quarterback skill set and what we're seeing with Spencer Rattler this year? Oh, no, no doubt. I mean, obviously, he's, he's done an unbelievable job with these guys. You see what they're doing in the NFL, and obviously that'll help happen with Spencer at some point in time. But, yeah, everybody has a, a different skill set. And, you know, I think our offense, we can adapt and a change, change to anybody's skill set. So, obviously, he's done a great job, and Spencer's done a great job continuing to improve and get better as everybody has. Uh, another chance to match up with an SEC defense. Obviously, a lot of people talk about the SEC defenses year in and year out. How much do you guys embrace a challenge and an opportunity to dominate in a matchup like this? No, I think you always do. I mean, they're, they're really good. I've only been watching them since last night and, and throughout today. Um, obviously, they got they have really, really good players, really talented players. They've got a good scheme. We'll we'll know more as we continue to watch them, but. You know, it's going to be a challenge, probably our biggest challenge up to this point, just a little bit that I've seen. So um, these guys will embrace it, they'll work, and, and they'll, they'll be ready to play. 
What do your guys need to do throughout this time leading up to kickoff to be ready for that challenge? You know, just continue to watch the tape, continue to work, um, continue to mentally prepare yourself for the game. And obviously, we're going to have our practices. Um, it's not going to be like a regular bowl game. We obviously have less time. And then, you know, the players, you know, have Christmas. So um, just continue to stay in tune to what they have to do mentally, physically, and you know, then come back and, you know, have really good practices. You know, that's that's the biggest thing. You, you know, you got to go out there and you got to practice and prepare the right way, and then hopefully it shows up when we play, uh, what is it, next Wednesday. Your captain, Creed Humphrey, the Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year, another one for you under your belt. Continue to, to bring those home. What have you seen from him and his development this year especially? Yeah, I think he, I think he got back to himself this year. Um, I think he had a lot on him as a sophomore. You know, as a freshman, he could just go out there and play. You know, he had four really good players around him. You know, he wasn't expected to be the leader. Um, had other guys doing that. So, yeah, he was calling the defenses and all those things, but he could just go play. You know, last year he had to take on that role but be a good player. And, you know, and, and there was other circumstances, but I think he's really, really embraced that leadership role. He's done a great job. This year, he's become the player that uh, he was in the past, and he's going to continue to improve and get better as you know he, he ventures on with his career. And as we shift from the offense to the defense, the most dominating position group for the Sooners, and maybe in that one of the most surprising has been the defensive line. Cootie talked with Calvin Thibodeau. All right, well, we welcome in defensive line coach Calvin Thibodeau. Coach Thibodeau, it's a weird kind of preparation schedule for this year's bowl game. How do you guys manage the kind of not as much time and, and just the weirdness of all of it when normally you have, what, three weeks to prepare for an opponent? You know, it actually kind of keeps you on track because it's, it's, it's not as much time, so you don't have to worry about the guys getting rusty. You know, with the quick turnaround, it's actually a benefit. You know, you kind of stay uh, – uh, you know, in tune, you kind of stay on beat and, you know, hey, you know, there's literally, you know, less than, you know, 10 days away. So, you know, it, it kind of works out. So it's a defense that was trending upward, you know, going into this season. But the defensive line play, you know, a lot of talk that this is the most productive defensive line in the country, one of the best defensive lines in the country. What has been the key to the elevated uh, play of your guys up front this year? I think, you know, I think it starts with, with the system. You know, Coach Grinch allowing those guys to go hunt you know, to, to pin their ears back and, 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 and attack gaps. And uh, these guys have been on edges and, you know, uh, they're, they're making the most of their opportunities. Those guys are, you know, not just running the defense, they're trying to make plays. Uh, you know, myself, Coach Kane, uh, 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 you know, just, just you know, developing guys and, you know, to, to, to get these results, man, it's really a blessing. And Coach Riley has talked about the importance of, you know, you sub guys in and there's no, uh, you don't, to go down in level of play at all. How important has that been to have multiple guys that you can run in and out of there and you know that it's not going to, you know, drop off the... I think that's been been key to our season, key to our success, uh, to, to keep rolling those big guys. Uh, you know, anytime you got guys out there breathing hard, usually mistakes happen and usually, uh, you know, you know uh, the loafs happen. And, uh, you know, when loafs happen, that's when injuries can happen. So uh, to, to keep guys fresh to where they're hunting every snap has been critical. And, and you know, if, if a guy's wearing down, he looks to the sideline, he tag teams his buddy, and he come in and then he go get a piece of it. So it's been awesome. Let's talk about uh, your, your two guys that have got a lot of recognition, uh, Perion Winfrey and Isaiah Thomas. Just uh, how big have they been just for the overall success of this defense this year? Oh, they, they've been huge. You know, IT really, man, to – to play all across the line, man. I mean, it's it's been an amazing year for him, and just so proud of him. Uh, you know, his his perseverance, sticking through, and just 
finding a way, man. You know, we never thought, you know, particularly myself, to play him inside, but it clicked. And, uh, you know, to see him have success uh, has been huge. And then Perrion, you know, to, to come in, you know, uh, uh, from a JUCO and uh, not to truly have a spring ball or just, you know, with, with this COVID situation, uh, for him to, uh, you know, start as many games as he has for us and, you know, be productive, it's been huge for us. You were a part of this program that is built on defense, right? A lot of people talk about the, the flashiness of the offense, but Teddy Lehman repeatedly says that this is a program that was built on defense. So how proud does it make you to see kind of the return and, and to see that it's the defense that's been such a bright spot for this, this team this year? Uh, it's huge, and I, I honestly believe we're just scratching the surface. Uh, you know, we're, we're really – you know, really just digging our nails and claws into this deal. Like, I, I think these guys are starting to see what, what we really can be. And uh, it, it's special. That's the expectation. And uh, to see these guys having success, you just want more and more and more for these guys. You guys have done a really good job all year of getting to the opposing team's quarterback. Uh, how are you guys going to be able to do that against Trask and, and this Florida offensive line? You know, we, hey, you know, that's, that's, that's what you play the game for. You want to go against the best of the best. And, uh, you know, it presents a great challenge. But it was one that we look forward to. We're excited about it. Uh, you know, we're going to do what we've been doing the whole season, you know, pin our ears back and, and go hunt. And, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about the opportunity and uh, can't wait. And nothing wrong with being the Grinch for Christmas when we're talking about Sooner defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. Big-time turnaround, but more specifically, a big-time challenge with what Kyle Trask in Florida has done, even with all the opt-outs of the receiver position. This is one heck of a challenge that the Sooners are ready for. Well, Coach Grinch, uh, congratulations on the Cotton Bowl nod. This is a team that's been in the college football playoff, but when you guys hear the matchup with Florida, an SEC opponent in a premier bowl game, what was kind of the reaction? How excited are you guys for this matchup? Yeah, it's it's a great bowl. Um, have some experience uh, in, in the bowl in my past. Um, it's a great opponent. Uh, obviously, I have tremendous respect for the program that uh, uh, that is the Florida Gators and, and, and coming out of the SEC. And, and it doesn't take long to turn on that film to to, to understand. Uh, uh, it's going to be a, a tremendous challenge for us. So great bowl, great challenge, great team. Uh, so it kind of has all those uh, all the makeups of uh, everything that you want uh, in, in a bowl game. After the first two losses, a lot of people um, counted Oklahoma out uh, that you were basically somebody else's year this year, might be. But you guys never lost faith in each other. What made you believe in this defense that you guys could turn it around and do what you did and play at the level that you were playing at here at the end of the season? Yeah, I think, you know, so much of it stemmed from the fact that, you know, a lot of the the issues we had in the first couple of ball games were, were self-inflicted. And so when you say, okay, if we can correct those mistakes, we have an opportunity to possibly right the ship. And, and that's a week in and week out uh, type of approach. You, you don't do it one time and, and you reap the benefits of it. That's one time in one week. But conversely, that's, that's the same reason, uh, you know, it, it's one week, one challenge, one issue on those particular weeks when you don't get the results that you want. So you, you don't, uh, I guess, balloon it to, to something that it's not. Um, you're very specific in how you attack the, the, the issues that we had. So, you know, obviously some uh, you know, turnovers on the offensive side of the ball and then lack of takeaways, the combination thereof is not the real good recipe in, 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 in football. And, um, and then the inability to finish games. And so, uh, you know, very, very uh, um, I guess, detailed approach in the things that we were lacking. Um, and we also were very, you know, cognizant of the things we were doing well and, and, and found ways to enhance those over time. But uh, uh, obviously proved to be a resilient group and, and, and ultimately got the, re the, the end result that uh, we, we all uh, certainly were searching for. 
Takeaways have been a big emphasis for you, and you did not like how you know it ended last season, and it's been a major improvement. We saw three interceptions by your guys uh, in the Big 12 championship game. What's been the key to that, to, to kind of changing that trajectory and, and that the improvements that we've seen there? I think so much of it is just the, the finishing of plays. I mean, we talked about finish a lot in the program. And it's as, as little as, you know, finishing that rep in the weight room to, to, you know, finishing a sprint, meaning going all the way through a line. That's off-season type of conversations. But uh, And then you talk about finishing games. But if you work backwards from that, uh, obviously you got to finish the fourth quarter. It's the only quarter you can win a game. But that, that also means you need to finish a half. Now we're rewinding to halftime. You need to finish the quarter, you know, after the, after the, 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 uh, the first frame. And you got to finish drives, which is getting off the field. Uh, and it's also then finishing plays. And so, you know, a takeaway is just that. It's a finish to a play. Uh, you know, the ball doesn't know who it's supposed to go to. And so I think it's just our, our, our guys, you know, the finishing skills and, and the expectation to finish each and, uh, and every play. And, and you never know when the ball's going to come your way. And so you got to take advantage of those opportunities. And, and it's uh, obviously thrilled for the guys to, you know, come down with those, particularly those interceptions. And uh, uh, obviously a critical, critical game for us. Last thing for you, the two-headed monster of Ronnie Perkins and Nick Benito. How much has that duo allowed for you to be creative in, in what you've done with this scheme this year? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think obviously off, you know, from an offensive standpoint, it's very difficult to you know point in one direction and say that's the guy we got to block because then you got to turn turn you know on the opposite side and, and, and see another uh, individual with the, the unique ability to win one-on-one -on -one pass rush. And oh, by the way, there's Isaiah Thomas and there's Perrion Winfrey uh, and a host of other guys. Uh, uh, that we've kind of you know thrown at the uh, uh, opposing offenses over the course of the year. So you know again, it, it, and none of that is based on reputation. That is based on production. Those guys have been very productive for us each and every week, and so um, and it's something that's got has to continue in, in, in the Cotton Bowl for us to have any success. All right, we mentioned uh, Jess had a great feature on Ronnie Perkins. We're going to share the unedited audio to wrap things up. But just since we were talking with Alex Grinch there, or Jess was this. Oklahoma defense versus the Florida offense is going to be a fascinating matchup. You have the country's number one passing attack allowing or averaging 384 yards per game. Uh, Kyle Trask, 43 touchdowns. An Oklahoma defense that ranks fourth in the country, averaging 3.6 packs per uh, sacks per game. Trey Norwood has four picks. That was tied for the lead in the Big 12, but it's a much different look for Florida. Kyle Pitts opted out. Kadarius Toney opted out. Trayvon Grimes opted out. Uh, on the defensive side of the football, they're already going to be without Marco Wilson and Sean Davis. And, oh, by the way, one other wide receiver, Jacob Copeland, is out due to COVID reasons. So Florida will be without 174 of their 296 receptions, 2,778 of their 4,272 receiving yards, and of the receivers that will be playing, or at least pass catchers that will be playing on Wednesday night, of the 45 touchdown receptions that Kyle Trask was responsible for throwing this year, uh, he'll have guys that caught 11 of them available tomorrow night. This Oklahoma and Florida. Let's go one-on-one. -on -one. Cootie had a great sit-down with the man, the myth, the legend, Ronnie Perkins, to get us ready for the Cotton Bowl. The defensive line obviously has been one of the uh, biggest highlights for this team this year. What was kind of the, the mindset, the message that you guys took as a group to kind of want to set the tone for the team this year? I could probably say just um, being disruptive. Uh, you know, we heard a lot of talk about other teams, D-line, and I was just thinking, like, pretty much since the summertime, since we came back to campus, I pretty much just preached, like, 
why can't we be those guys? You know, everybody talk about, you know, why can't we be those guys that everybody fear? So uh, I pretty much just preached them to them, like, man, if we if we a good D line, if we a good disruptive D line, it's gonna be hard for the offense to do anything, run, pass, whatever. So uh, I pretty much just like preached that to our younger guys and uh, some of the guys who just got here. Like, we gotta be disruptive no matter what. If we don't get the TFL or the sack, but as long as we playing in the backfield, this defense can do a lot. How much you feed off of one another? Oh, uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, it's like a competition. Like I said, uh, it's just a competition between all of us to go get the first sack, go get the first TFL, or just to go make a play. It's a competition with all with all of us. So if Perry, I make a play, I definitely want to make the next play just to outshine him. <laughs> uh, the coaching staff and Grinch in this system, how much has that kind of enabled you to really turn loose? Um, it was uh, – Probably like one of the last things I needed really uh, is Coach Grinch and his system, you know, allowing us to play in the backfield. And uh, like uh, in our system, the D-line come first really is what we'll say. So uh, just allowing the D-line like to be the playmakers and play how they want to play uh, it's really it's really been a big thing for us. And I think that's like been a big part of our success that we've been having. The coaches all talked about how you were a major leader even when you weren't playing and a lot of people could have stepped back, waited to come back, and, and then kind of get involved. But why was it important for you to stay so involved and be such a leader even when you weren't out there on the field? Uh, just to uh, really show my, show my teammates, man, like no matter the circumstances, never change. Uh, like when I when I was playing, I always wanted to uh, be a guy who spoke up, spoke spoke out when things weren't right. So uh, even if I wasn't playing, I still wanted to be that guy uh, to speak up. And uh, at the end of the day, still guys on the defense who look up to me. So if I'm just being quiet, not giving my all in practice, then they could probably do that same. And I don't want nobody else to do that. So why would I? And what does it mean to you that these guys look up to you so much? It means the world, really. Uh, it really do just mean the world to me uh, that they can see me like they can see me as a guy they want to model their game after or a guy they just want to be like and carry themselves like it mean a lot to me. Not being able to be out there at the beginning of the season, how much uh, you obviously have a passion and emotion for, but how much even hungrier did you become if that was even possible for <laughs> this game for this team? Uh, it made me way hungrier. Um, just being like just watching, having to sit through and watch our watch our team lose two games, it kind of created like a beast, man. Like. <laughs> knowing, knowing I could really like I could I could have played a big part in both of those games we lost, so uh, it definitely created like a bigger, a bigger, a bigger frustration uh, with everything I had going on. It created a bigger frustration, but um, I just put that to the right things and uh, just had to unleash it when I come when I came back. Do you have a different perspective though, because you had to sit down and you weren't playing? Did you kind of take on like more of a coach's perspective, where yeah. you can see things a little bit differently? Yeah, I really did, man. <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt like coach, man. Do you have a different perspective though, because you had to sit down and you weren't playing? Did you kind of take on like more of a coach's perspective, where yeah. you can see things a little bit differently? Yeah, I really did, man. <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt like coach, man. Uh, I, I was yelling at the TV for for a few games, you know, um, screaming at guys, like trying to call the offenses play out, just. <laughs> Really doing a lot of coach things, so uh, I became a coach for a few weeks. <laughs> Has it helped your game when you got back? Because you did see it in a different way. Yeah, it actually did. Really, uh, being uh, like I said, pre-snap reads. You know, uh, just watching the offense as they get lined up, you can see a lot of things. Uh, what a certain old lineman does when he's about to run block, block or pass block, or uh, how, just how the running back lines up on different plays. So uh, it helped. It opened my eyes to a lot of things. That's awesome. Have you always been an emotional guy? Because, you know, Coach Riley called you kind of the emotional leader, and you definitely show it out there, uh, how much you kind of, the passion that you have for this game. Has that always been you? 
Yeah, that's always been me. Yeah, that's always been me. Um, I, in a way, I, I always tell myself, like, dang, I'm, I'm too crazy for football. So it's just like, I always just, like, I always feel a certain way. And, like, sometimes I can't, I can't like, control the emotion. I wouldn't say, like, control, not controlling in a bad way, but, like, in a good way. Sometimes I just can't control the emotion. Like, however I feel about the game is how I feel. So whenever I'm playing, I just let that emotion carry me with the way I play. What is it that you love so much about being out there? Um, really like being competitive. Um, I'm probably like the ultimate competitor, so that's that's another thing that drives my emotions. Like the way the game going, like it can take my emotions sky high, and like I can I can kind of turn my level of play up with the uh, with the way the game going. Just being a competitor, um, I I hate to lose. <laughs> that's why I'm I'm a sore loser. I I hate to admit it, but I am. I'm a sore loser. So um, sometimes I just kind of like snap out of my body and just. Play, play like a like a maniac, if you want to say, to make sure my team don't lose. Coach Grinch said that you kind of have a goal to be one of the better players, best players to have come through here. Uh, yeah. Can you kind of speak a little bit about why that's so important for you to kind of leave such a mark here at Oklahoma? Um, like like I said, like the love the love I got for football is just like crazy. So uh, Oklahoma is probably one is. Probably, I won't say probably, it is the best story school about football. You know, uh, it's the, one of the greatest programs in, in college football history. So why wouldn't I want to be one to uh, go down as one of the best to play in this school, play in this uniform? And, um, like one day I just want to I want to bring my family back and like be able to show them pictures of me or like my number on the All-American wall and everything. So like that's another thing that just drives me to just be the best I can be. All right, there you have it. Another action-packed edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Uh, We'll have a complete recap coming up with the Sooner Radio Network post-game show as soon as the game wraps up. Make sure you subscribe at Soonersports.com slash podcast or simply search Oklahoma Sooner Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Everyone have a great game day. And until the scene setter tomorrow morning, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts 
to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.